Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Today we're going to talk about the one complication of IVF that can be life-threatening. It's called ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. So what that is, is when a large number of eggs are produced by the stimulation regime, usually over 20, and that the hormone levels associated with that are very high. So the estrogen level is getting up to around 15,000 picomoles per litre. Don't worry about the numbers, just very high estrogen levels. And when we have that number of eggs and that number of hormones in the past, when we gave the injection to finally mature the eggs, ready for collection, that hormone triggered a process which led to the blood vessels in the ovary and in the abdominal cavity to release fluid so that the blood vessels basically become leaky. And that fluid collects inside the abdominal cavity and in other cavities around the body in most in severe cases. And that fluid results in the woman becoming very uncomfortable to start with, feeling bloated, and in extreme cases, short of breath because the fluid can collect on the lungs. As part of that leaking of fluid out of the blood vessels, the blood that's left in the blood vessels also becomes thickened, and so blood clots uh, can be more likely. So around the world over the time of IVF for the last 30 years, there have been some deaths as a result of of hyperstimulation syndrome. But given that there have been probably in excess of 20 million cycles of IVF, a handful of deaths makes it an incredibly rare event. Up to about five years ago, we really had few options that were guaranteed to avoid the situation. Obviously, stopping the cycle when it looked as though we were heading towards too many eggs was one option. But obviously, we're always reluctant to do that because that defeats the purpose of having the treatment in the first place. Once we collect the eggs in a situation of overstimulation, we can create embryos and freeze them. And quite clearly, if you don't put an embryo back, the chances of getting hyperstimulation are reduced. People tried various drug regimes to reduce the chances of hyperstimulation, but none of them have been particularly proven to be effective. There's some tablets uh, called carbergolide which may have an impact. There is infusions of albumin which hopefully reverse the leakiness of the blood vessels to suck fluid back into the, the blood vessels. But none have really been shown to be particularly useful. So when I gave lectures to doctors and fertility specialists up to about five years ago, I would always say, don't go ahead if you think there's going to be hyperstimulation. But in Australia, 
up till about five years ago, about 1%, so 1 in 100 women going through an IVF cycle ended up in hospital with hyperstimulation syndrome. But then we realised there is another option, and that is to use a different trigger injection. So rather than using pregnancy hormone, which appears to stimulate a hyperstimulation problem, if we use a drug that makes the pituitary gland produce its own surge of hormones to mature the eggs, we can avoid the problem. So that was discovered about five years ago, five or six years ago. And today in Australia, the incidence, instead of being one in 200 patients being admitted, it's now halved. It's less than one in 200 and probably even less than that. So we can overcome it with good treatment, with good doctors who can pick the problem before it happens and make decisions about the trigger injection. Using that trigger injection of a GnRH agonist, it's called, we normally would not do an embryo transfer because while it's very good at stopping hyperstimulation occurring, what this injection does is makes the lining of the womb less likely to hold a pregnancy. So almost always when we are in that situation, we will be doing a freeze-all. That's not necessarily a bad thing because there is good evidence that frozen embryos do just as well as fresh. So in terms of your treatment cycle, all it means is that your pregnancy will be a month later than you might have thought to start with. So hyperstimulation syndrome is a risk, but with modern medicine being treated by doctors who understand what's going on, we can virtually avoid it. In IVF Australia, in the last 12 months, um, I think we, we've done 5,000 cycles and I think there were only five or six patients got admitted with hyperstimulation. So very, very rare with good specialists who understand the situation. In the UK, there was recently an article published in the newspaper where a woman was complaining about getting hyperstimulation as the worst experience of her life because of the pain and discomfort she got. Like all good media stories, it was probably correct, but exaggerated in its uh, significance. So ovarian hyperstimulation in Australia is getting less, better controlled. And in Australia, no woman has died from hyperstimulation in 30 years of care. But that probably talks about how good we are as specialists in this country rather than just luck. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.